so this is a powerful thing that we're going to be talking about today. In fact, the word no in the Greek is the word O-O, it's pronounced U, and it doesn't just mean no, it means absolutely not. Now, there's a huge difference between saying no and saying absolutely not. How many of your parents here? All right, do me a favor this morning, everybody say no. No. All right, now that was pretty good, but now I want you to say it like you're saying it to your kids. Ready? Here we go. No. Oh my goodness, you know what I'm talking about. They know the difference between the word no and absolutely not. Because absolutely not takes all the wiggle room out. Absolutely not removes all of the gray areas and, and all of the options and all of the manipulation. It just says there is no way that that is going to happen at all. And when you think about the word no, oftentimes we think of it in a negative, but it's not negative at all. In fact, when you learn to say the word no and you begin to apply that to your life, it is one of the most positive, rewarding things that can go on in your life. Think of it this way. Saying the word no gives you better health. When you say no to those Twinkies and that extra large big gulp, come on, life gets better. It's hard at first. I understand. I used to have a little Debbie addiction. There was another lady in my life, and she was little Debbie. When you say no, it puts more money in your pocket. When you say no to that impulse buying, when you say no to those big ticket items, when you say no and you just begin to say, I'm not going to do that anymore, your bank account gets bigger. Say no improves your relationships. When you say no to all of these distractions and all of these things that will maybe confuse that relationship because life gets busy and life comes at you fast and you find yourself in a marriage that you're just kind of two ships passing in the dark, no builds greater relationships. No will give you more time and no will make you happier in life. So it's a very positive thing that we're talking about. No regrets, no retreat, and no reserve. There's no holding back. William Borden, years and years ago, he was uh, from the Borden Dairy family. He was a multimillionaire and a very young man. And when he graduated Yale, he decided to take, I guess what we would call today, a gap year. And he just wanted to travel and he wanted to go see some things, having been a graduate from Yale. And so his journeys took him to India. And it was when he was in India that God spoke to his heart. And God called him to a specific people group, specifically a Muslim group that was there in India. And God said, I want you to come preach to them. So when he made his way home, he made the decision that he was going to follow God and obey God. And so he gets home and he decides, I'm going to give away all of my money. In fact, one of his friends said this, that when William Borden began to give away his money, it wasn't a struggle at all. It brought him great happiness as if he was getting rid of an anchor and a burden in his soul. It caused him to be very happy. And so he gave away all of his finances, and then as he got ready to go, in the back of his Bible, he wrote these two words. And the words were, no regrets. 
I'm sorry, I mean, they were no reserve. The words were no reserve. In other words, there's no plan B. I, I'm, not, I'm not planning on failing. I'm giving everything away because I'm going all in. So he made his way to India. And when he got there, he realized that all the storybook ideas that he had of what it might be like faded away. When he was actually boots on the ground, he realized this is going to be a very difficult chore. It's going to be a very difficult thing. It's kind of probably going to be the most difficult thing that I've ever done in my life. But he wrote these two words in the back of his Bible again, and he said, no retreat. In other words, I, I've made my decision. I'm going forward with God. I'm not going to waffle on what I feel like God has told me to do. And so under the words of no, no reserve, he wrote the words, no retreat. I'm not backing up. After only being there for six months, he contracted spinal meningitis. And he knew that he only had days to live. When the family came to collect his body and to bring his body back home, underneath the words no reserve and no retreat were the two words no regrets. I gave my life doing what I felt like God wanted me to do. How many know this morning that the results aren't up to us, they're up to God? That if I just do what God has called me to do and I go where God has called me to go and I say what God has called me to say, that is a successful life. That it's up to God to bring the results. I'm just simply the messenger. I'm just simply the person that is doing what God has said and challenged me to do. And so I want to look at this morning, those three words. We're going to begin with the words, no regrets. Let me read this verse to you. This is from the book of uh, Philippians chapter 3. And let me, see, let me see my monitor here. And it just simply says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What a powerful verse for our life. Someone had compiled together a list of top regrets. And they said, the people at the end of their life, these are the things that they regret that they haven't done. Let me share just a few of those with you this morning. And, and here, here they are very quickly. Some of the top regrets. One of the regrets was that I, I, I regret that I worried so much. How many know that worry doesn't do anything for you? In fact, can I tell you what Jesus said about worry? He said, worry won't make you smarter. It won't make you healthier. It won't make you better. It won't make your situation any different. So don't do it. Don't worry about it. But there are a lot of people that have a master's degree in worry. That's kind of what they do. If, in the Olympics, if worry were an event, they'd have the gold medal in it. You need to quit worrying. You need to resign as the general manager of the universe and just trust God to get you through whatever it is you're going through. Another top regret that people have had in their life is not expressing their feelings, not telling the people around them how much they really care about them. 
We save it all and send flowers at the end of their life at a funeral. But how much better would it be that if we gave into their life now? Do your giving while, you're li- while they're living, right? Worrying too much. Not expressing my feelings. Not embracing the moment. And this one really hit home to me. My, my son deployed to Afghanistan. He's in Kabul, Afghanistan right now in the army. And I watch, he's, he's been gone a year, he'll be back in about five weeks, so we're so excited to get him back. And, but I watched just before he deployed, his three precious children, and I watched every moment that he savored with them, because he knew that in a few days, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to see them for a year. In a few days, I won't hold them, I won't laugh with them, I won't pick them up, I won't smell them, I won't be able to be close to them. And I watched how he savored every moment that he had with them, and I thought, that's the way to live life, that's the way to enjoy the moment that you you are where where you are because so many times we look to tomorrow and we forget about today can I just tell you that today is significant God has a miracle for you today God has a reason for you today God has something for you today and maybe there's something you need to say today maybe there's someone you need to go to and you need to encourage them today or maybe you need to forgive someone today Today matters to God. You're never going to get it back you're never going to get another opportunity today is significant Another risk was this. Another thing that people said they regret was not taking more risk. At the end of their life, many people have said, I wish I would have risked more. See, here's what it's like. Living your life with regrets, all the couldas and shouldas and wouldas, is kind of like driving with the e-brake on. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, you're going forward, but there's a drag. You're going forward, but something's not right. Something's holding you back. And you just know, I'm not reaching the potential that I need to be reaching. I thought, it wouldn't it be nice sometimes if life had a rewind button? I mean, life comes at you fast. And sometimes it's like, wait a minute, I, I missed that. And if I could just back up a little bit. But the truth of the matter is, we can't. The best we can do is to learn the lesson when the lesson's taught. And just say, I'm going to take that moment, I'm going to embrace it, because in life there's no mulligans, there's no do-overs, you just got to learn the lesson. Can I tell you something about God? See, God oftentimes wants you to go from A to B. But God, God doesn't always take you from A to B. Sometimes God will take you from A to Y to C to F to G to M and then to B. And what I'm saying is God has a reason for detours. And if you look at your life right now and you've got all these regrets, understand God is using everything that you're going through. He's using it to make you and to shape you. And you just need to take the attitude that says there's no regrets. I couldn't have learned this lesson any other way. I don't want to repeat it. I don't want to do it again. But thank God for the experience. Thank God that I've learned the lesson. And now I know what to do with it. And now it's made me a part of who I am. God uses detour. Listen, never forget the scripture that says all things work together for the good of those that love God and that are called according to his purpose. That thing that you've gone through, that thing that you're struggling through, God is using it. I didn't say that God brought it. I didn't say that God caused it. I'm just saying that God is using it. Your life is not one event. What goes on in your life and the the events that happen in your life are just a small piece of who you are. And they are a part of a mosaic that God is putting together. And when it's finished, if you just focus on that one problem, that's not your life. But when it's finished, you see this beautiful picture of what God has done in you and through you and for you. No regrets. Life's too short to live with regrets. 
So some of you have to make the decision this morning, am I going to get bitter or am I going to get better? Can I just give you a couple examples of that? There were two men in the Bible. Both of them had tremendous failures and both of them had huge regrets. One was was named Judas and the other was named Peter. They both failed God. They both turned their back on Christ. They both walked away from him. They, They both sold Christ short. Judas could never get over it. Judas could never get past his regret. And eventually it took his life. But Peter decided to get better. And here was a guy that denied Christ and ultimately, ultimately before he died, he said, do not crucify me the way you did Christ, but crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to die the death that Jesus died. Peter got better. See, think of it like this. When, when you go through life and you have setbacks in life, you can respond one or two ways. You, you, you can be an egg. Anybody ever dropped an egg? Or you can be a rubber ball. When you drop that egg, I mean, it falls to pieces. It breaks. There's no putting it back together. It's the whole Humpty Dumpty theology right there. Ain't nothing good going to come out of that. But when you drop that rubber ball, it bounces back. And we need to be willing to say, God, give me my bounce back. Let me get through what it is that I'm going through. I love what someone said. That's why when you go, when you drive down the road, your rearview mirror is this big and your windshield is this big. That's exactly right. You need to focus on where you're going and not where you've been. That's God's plan for your life this morning. Luke 9, 62, Jesus said, whoever puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not going to find the kingdom. Is not going to find the kingdom. So there are no regrets, but then also there's this word no retreat. And the reason I say there's no retreat is how many realize there's nothing back there that worked, right? It's funny to me as a pastor that I see people that, that, that they get out of all that stuff. They put all that junk down. They walk out of all that stuff and they come into this new life. Then they hit a wall and they want to go back to what didn't work. That's what I call insanity. I want to go back to that drug. I want to go back to that drink. I want to go back to that thing. It never worked. It always left you empty. It always came up short. It never fulfilled and satisfied you. Guess what? It's never going to. There's no backing up. Jesus teaches the parable about the wise man and the foolish man, and they're building their house. One builds on sand. One builds on the solid rock. We've got this idea in our mind that one's a Christian and one's not. They're both believers. One just didn't build their life right. One's building on the foundation. One is just building on sand. Storms come to both of them, but one of them survived while the other lost everything. Now, we were driving around last night, and noticed that there are some, uh, there's some palm trees. Not a lot, there's some palm trees. And Tyler blew my mind when we showed up. I'm from Oklahoma. All we got are blackjacks. I mean, when God, passed, when God decided to make pretty places, Oklahoma City was not a place that was pretty. And I, I did a little research on this because I, I, was, I was just trying to put some, some meat into this sermon that I was thinking about. And, and I found out that when hurricanes come and have these strong winds, sustained winds that blow for hours, and they blow over trees, they blow roofs off houses, they leave this great trail of destruction. Isn't it amazing how the palm tree survives? 
You know what happens is, it is designed by God, I believe, that when the wind blows, it will bend over with the wind. And sometimes it will bend almost all the way to the ground and can stay in that position up to six hours. But when the wind is through blowing, guess what? It stands back up because God made it that way. And you may feel like I'm bent over and I'm almost at the breaking point. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll just hang on, storms come. We can't do anything about that. Storms are going to show up. That's just this thing called life. It happens. But if you hold on to God, God has put something on the inside of you. God has designed you. He has put inside of your spiritual DNA. He has said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That when the storm is over, you just stand back up and say, not today, devil. I'm still standing in Christ. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. There's no retreat. There's no backing up. Psalms 110. And I love this scripture. It's very short, but it's very powerful. And here's a promise from God. He said, I will make your enemies your footstool. Now, in our home... We just built a new home, and, and my wife did so much in designing it. Had the time of her life designing and picking out, and, and just, you know, her, her and the builder were just always on the phone pointing things out. But you know, we have this pantry, and it's got shelves, 10, foot, 10 or 11-foot ceilings. How tall are our ceilings? 10-foot ceilings. So it's got shelves 10 feet high. And so in order to get to the top of the shelf, I have to have a step stool. And God said, I will make your enemies your step stool. How many know you keep the good stuff up top, top tier? And when problems come in life, when situations come in life, God says, hold on, I'm going to use this attack to move you up higher. I'm going to use this attack to help you reach better things in life. I'm going to use this thing that you're going through. See, you see it as destruction, but I'm using it to promote you. Someone once said that David never would have become king had he not faced Goliath. David needed a Goliath in his life. David needed something that he could conquer. There is a necessity of an enemy that we need that enemy to sharpen us, to make us. Do you know what? Do you know that God shows up at the time of trouble? How many of you here are parents? You ever heard your kid holler, help? You never know what you're going to run into. You never know what they've gotten into. But when your child cries out, when your child says help, when your child hollers out for you, you show up on the scene. God shows up when we cry out to him. When we reach out to him in faith, God shows up. If you've ever done a study on the armor of God, it's an incredible study. It's a fun study. But you notice there's no back to the armor because there's no backing up. It's always for going forward. When my son joined, I'll use a, my, my son as an example again. When he joined the military, have you ever noticed the flag on, a, on the, the uniform of a, a person in the military? It's backwards. And I said, the, the, your flag is backwards. Why did they put the flag on there backwards? He said, it's not backwards, Dad. We always run into battle. The flag, we always run into battle. We never run away from the battle. That's the way God has designed us to go forward, to face that situation in our life. And then the last thing that he said was this. 
no reserve. And that is the attitude that says, I'm going to leave it all on the field. I'm going to leave it all in the ring. I'm going to leave it all on the court. I'm going to give everything I have. I, um, I just turned 60 uh, last week, actually. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I'll tell you what I told the people. Uh, you know, we, they had a, a big birthday celebration for me. Can I just tell you, when you turn 60, the birthday cards are not nice anymore. <laughs> they are mean. You get birthday cards that say, die, sucker, die. <laughs> you get birthday cards that say, I can't believe you're still alive. Why don't you take a dirt nap? You get, I mean, they're just mean. So I turned six and I got all these mean, all these mean birthday cards. But I, I realized, you know what? I, I want to stay, I want to stay going forward as much as I can. So I'm always trying to find something to do to stay active, to move. And, and we're mountain biking now and road biking. So we're always doing something. And, 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 and all my life growing up, I'd, I'd been involved as a little kid got started in martial arts. And, and so I, I had been in and out of it. So not too long ago, I, I got, Signed up again. I was doing jujitsu, an incredibly fun sport, and so I was doing jujitsu. Let me help you out here. If you're thinking after service, let's catch this guy out back and see what he knows. <laughs> Let me save you a lot of time and a lot of trouble. I suck at it. I'm really, really bad. So it ain't going to be fun for you. It ain't going to be fun for me. It's just not really worth breaking a sweat over. But it's an incredibly fun sport, and so I'd gone to this, this class, and I'd been going for a while, and I'm the old guy there. In fact, I get there, and, and, and one of the guys, one of the, one of the instructors says, I'm going to call you old school. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, what if I'm not? <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm okay. What can I do? So I'm going through class for a while. I've been going for a couple of months now, and, and I came home, and I told Carol, I said, I'm going to quit. I'm not a quitter, but I'm going to quit because they're treating me like a snowflake. And they're all like, take it easy, take it easy on him. And I say, you know, I'm going to quit. In fact, I'm going to go tonight. I'm going to tell them I'm quitting because you guys are treating me like an old man and I'm not having fun. Well, apparently, they read my mind. Or they knew I was about ready to make that speech because I didn't have to say a word that night and they drugged me from one end of the match to the other. <laughs> I had mat burns on my head, on my knees, on the top of my feet. I came home. I can barely walk to the door, and I sit down in the chair, and I'm sitting there. I didn't even change. I just got, my, got that silly pajamas on, you know. I'm sitting there, and Carol said, honey, there's blood on your uniform. Whose is it? I said, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's mine, but I'm too tired to look. But the point is, my goal was to leave it all on the mats there. My goal was to give everything that I had. How I many know this is a great way to do life? And that's all God asks is give me everything you've got. Just serve me with all that you are. Just go all in with me. And there are times that you say, I don't have it, but I'm telling you this morning, you don't know what's on the inside of you. You don't know how much further you can go. You don't know how much more is in you. Listen, you're not in the world. You're not of the world. And the world may say, I can't take it anymore, but you don't get to say that. The world may say, I don't know how much longer I can do this, but you say, I can do it as long as God requires me to do it. I don't know how much further I can go. It's what the world says, but God says you can go all the way. 
See, with God, there is no reserve. We're going to give it all. Can I just tell you something this morning? That you are closer to your breakthrough than you've ever been. You're closer than you've ever been. And it always, you always face the most resistance at breakthrough. Just before you break through, that's where the most pressure is. There was a movie out several years ago called Unstoppable. Anybody see that movie? Denzel Washington. It was about a train, true story. It was about a train that was in the train yards. They called it Crazy Eights because its numbers had three or four eights in it. And the guy that was in charge of moving trains and moving around and turning the engines around and doing all of that stuff, well, somebody forgot to flip the switch on the track. And he was the only one there. There was nobody that would, that would come and flip the switch. So he jumped off the train. But when he did, he bumped it to full throttle. He was just going to run a few feet and pull the switch to connect the tracks where the train needed to go and jump back on. But by the time he ran a few feet and hit the switch, the train was moving and he couldn't get back on. So here you have this huge piece of steel. This train going down the rails. And the whole idea of the movie is that whatever they do to try to stop it, they can't stop it. They put roadblocks. They try to deter it. They try from the air, from sea, from everything they can do to stop this train. And it just keeps barreling through every obstacle that they put in its path. And that is how God made you. No matter what the enemy brings to stop you or to shut you down or to slow you down, God has called you to be more than a conqueror, to keep going through, and to just have that attitude that I just keep doing what God has called me to do. Now, I don't know who this message is for today, but I know it's for someone. Because I know there are people oftentimes that are at the place of quitting. Let me share with you in in closing this story. And this is the story that kept me in Bible school when I wanted to quit. Years and years ago, I was a young teenager, uh, 18 or 19, to Bible school. And and I was getting ready to, uh, I had just, you know, there were so many things going on. It's complicated. And I just thought, I'm going home. I'm quitting. I'm not going to finish Bible school. And that day, one of the instructors got up and they had a message. And here it is, this very short version of it. And he said, let me, show you, let me share with you what I saw. And I don't know who it was for. It could have been for the whole class, but I knew it was for me. So let me tell you what I saw in prayer this morning. I saw someone, and you're discouraged, and you're almost defeated, and you don't know how you can go forward. And he said, here's what I saw. I saw your armor, and it was dented, and it was tarnished, and it was crooked. And your shield, your shield of faith was filled with arrows. And you're dragging and you said to yourself, I don't know how I can go forward. I don't know how I can keep going forward. And just at the time that you think I can't do anymore, I can't handle anymore, I can't take anymore, you hear a familiar sound. And it is the sound of a fiery dart sailing through the wind coming your direction. Your shield is already filled with darts because you've been under attack after attack after attack. But finally, with every bit of strength that you have and every bit of faith that you have left, you manage to raise that shield one more time. Just in time as that fiery dart slams into that shield and you are rocked backwards. Somehow, 
you catch your balance. Somehow you stabilize yourself. And you think, dear God, how much more? He said, but what you don't realize is Satan just fired his best shot and couldn't take you out. And that's what God is saying today. Maybe you've gone through a lot and you say, I can't do anymore. Listen, you are closer to your breakthrough than you've ever been. Will you stand with me this morning, please? Because I would count it a great privilege to pray for you this morning. That whatever you're facing and whatever you're going through, I want you to know, listen, we're not going to have that egg philosophy. We're not going to go down. It's time to get back up. That marriage that you've been fighting for, it's not wasted time. When you're putting on, listen, no one can tell you how hard to fight for your marriage. No one has a right. No one can tell you when to walk away except the Holy Spirit. And people may say, you're crazy for still being a part of that thing. You keep doing what God says to you. Maybe there's a situation that you think, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to do anymore. Just wake up in the morning and say, God, I trust you. Just keep trusting God. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your kids. You just keep going forward. Because God's answer for you today is go forward. When Moses came to that impossible situation, and there was nothing he could do. Behind him was Pharaoh's army, and he couldn't go back. Going back was death. Can I just tell you this morning, going back to what you've known, to what you've experienced, is not life, it's death. On either side were mountain ranges of impossibilities. He couldn't go to the left or to the right. Because whoever puts their hand to the plow and looks to the left or to the right is not going to make the kingdom. And what was in front of him was an impossible situation that there looked like there was no way. But Moses knew the way maker. And he said, God, what do I do? And when there seemed to be no way, God said, you walk by faith, Moses. You take one step. Stretch out your faith and I'll make a way for you. Do you realize that your responsibility this morning is to put one foot in front of the other and say, God, I'm going forward. Devil, I'm still standing. Not much to look at. I'm wounded. I'm broken. But I'm not defeated. Father, I pray for those this morning that don't know what else to do, that don't know where else to go. But we go to you. Because there's none like you. You are our answer. You have the direction that we need.